Welcome to the Market Week in Review for the week ending July 9th, 2021. My name is Julie Zhang, and I'm joined today by our Chief Investment Strategist of North America, Paul Eidelman. Hi, Paul. Hi, Julie. How are you? Great. Love the painting in the background, spicing up your background, I see. Nice. Uh, all right. On today's call, we have three topics that we're going to cover. One is bond yields. Two, the ECB strategic framework that came out. And three, the U.S. payrolls. So let's start with a hot topic. Never thought I'd say this, but bond yields. We're seeing bond yields falling pretty sharply. What's going on here and what's our outlook? Yeah, I think that was really the most notable development in, in markets this week, the, the sharp decline in interest rates. And that had ripple effects for other interest rate sensitive asset classes. And, and what we saw in the United States was a pretty big move. The 10-year U.S. Treasury yield fell all the way down to 1.3%, which was its wow. lowest level since February of, of this year. And it was a global phenomenon as well. And in Europe, the 10-year German bond yield is now down at negative 30 basis points as of uh, Thursday afternoon here in Seattle. And whenever uh, fixed income markets move sharply like this, I think it creates a little bit of a narrative hunting phenomenon. Investors try to ask themselves, you know, what's going wrong in the global economy? And when we ask ourselves that question, basically where we're landing right now is that there are some risks here, but Nothing has really changed significantly enough to alter our uh, positive economic and market outlook. And I think some of the the risks that investors are grappling with are, are number one, uh, this uh, idea of the Delta variant uh, that has driven a pickup in global COVID infections. I think on on that issue, um, we're encouraged that uh, the scientific evidence seems to suggest that the leading Western vaccines do still prevent severe outcomes like hospitalizations and deaths from the Delta variant. So certainly a risk that there could be a delay of the reopening, but I think uh, certainly not derailed from our perspective. And we're still expecting pretty strong growth in the second half of this year from the United States and global economy. Uh, The second risk that's potentially impacting bond yields here is the possibility of a policy mistake from the Federal Reserve. They did kind of pivot pretty surprisingly and hawkishly uh, at their June FOMC meeting, flagging the idea that they could deliver uh, two rate hikes in, in 2023. And, and with that, maybe not as much growth or overheating in the U.S. economy as investors previously thought. And I think on that issue, We think um, financial markets have maybe overreacted a little bit to what the Fed was trying to drive at there. If anything, the Fed's just feeling a little bit more convicted that effective vaccines will drive a a strong growth recovery over the next next one to two years. And when we kind of unpacked the the meeting minutes that that came out this week for that meeting, uh, the FOMC was actually really worried about... uh, markets overreacting, that uh, people will start to question their credibility and commitment to achieving full employment and and price stability, just too much focus on these dots and, and, and that guidance. And I, I think from our perspective, really what the Fed is going to try to do here is, is a risk management strategy. They want to drive as much strength in, in the labor market as they possibly can until inflation forces them to pivot and hike interest rates. And so for us, that looks like an issue that's probably not uh, going to happen until the the second half of 2023. So I think for the time being, we're we're kind of holding steady with our outlook, which is a gradual rise in treasury yields from here. And so we think 
uh, the 10-year will likely rise to somewhere between one and a half to 2% over the next uh, six to 12 months. Good. Sounds like you're preaching a bit of uh, moderation relative to the overreactions that uh, is plaguing some fears there. Yeah, exactly. So the second topic on our agenda is uh, the ECP, ECB strategic framework. So lots of buzzwords there. The ECB came out with their policy framework today. Uh, can you give us a scoop? Yeah, I mean, this was a, a big uh, moment for the European Central Bank. They haven't done one of these strategic reviews since uh, 2003. And it did lead to some pretty significant dovish changes to how they're going to pursue uh, monetary policy going forward. And just to highlight a couple of those, um, they're shifting up their inflation target uh, to now be symmetric around 2%. Previously, they were targeting inflation slightly below 2%. And so allowing more inflation naturally requires them to keep interest rates lower for longer to achieve that outcome. Um, the second shift uh, also related to inflation is uh, that the European Central Bank is going to allow temporary inflation overshoots during periods in which policy has been constrained by the effective lower bound on interest rates. Again, that's where the ECB is right now. They're, they've basically cut overnight interest rates as much as they think they can. And so under this strategy, um, their sort of desired outcome would be to allow inflation temporarily overshooting that 2% target, again, requiring interest rates to stay lower for longer. So uh, both of those changes were sort of in the dovish direction and should uh, leave uh, the ECB firmly committed to providing accommodative monetary policy for quite a long time. And I think uh, for clients that have been following us for a few years now, this should sound very similar to the, the Federal Reserve's strategic review uh, from a year or two ago. Uh, the ECB has latched on to a lot of those same ideas. And I think central banks globally, if anything, the problem they're trying to solve right now is not too much inflation. It's trying to get away from the, the zero lower bound uh, in a successful way and, and make sure that trend economic performance uh, stays on track. And, and that, that basically just means uh, more accommodation for longer. Certainly echoes a lot of the sentiments that we've been hearing um, here. So sounds like, to your point, everyone's pretty aligned in that message. Yep. So on the U.S. payroll report uh, that came out last Friday, where are we tracking on the U.S. and uh, the global economy at large? Yeah, I think the incoming data is, is still looking pretty good here for the month of June, actually. Um, the U.S. employment report showed non-farm payroll growth of 850,000. That was a positive surprise mm. to consensus expectations and a, a really, really uh, strong number historically with good job gains in those sectors that have been impacted the most by COVID, things like leisure and hospitality, restaurants, uh, et cetera. And so I think that's an encouraging sign that the U.S. labor market is uh, still recovering here as millions of people remain out of work because of the pandemic. And more globally this week as well, we got some data on the purchasing manager indices for the month of June. Uh, and there. Uh, the index for global manufacturing came in at a level of 55. That's really strong. It's close to its highest level in a decade. And we're also seeing the services sector really start to rebound and recover nicely. So I, I think, if anything, the incoming data still looks like uh, very, very strong economic performance around the turn into the second half of uh, 2021. And I think our central expectation is that um, that should continue here over the year ahead. Um, and I think the next watch point for us is going to be
be more about earnings. The second quarter earnings season in the U.S. kicks off next week. And um, there, I think the trends are also positive. We've seen equity analysts revise higher uh, their earnings estimates for the second quarter and, and 2021 as a whole. And so we'll be keen to see if uh, the actual delivery from companies can exceed uh, that higher watermark. And I think our central expectation is that those risks are still skewed to the upside for very, very strong uh, earnings growth here, both in the U.S. and globally for the second quarter. Well, it's great to hear some of the positive data points backing up some of the, I think, sentiment out there, which has been nice to see the recovery, uh, recovering going well. So thank you for sharing those and looking forward to hearing what happens with the uh, earnings report coming up. So thank you so much for your time today, Paul, and thank you all for uh, joining us and we'll see you next time. 